Hi everybody in podcast land and also on YouTube. I'm James. I'm David. I'm Riley. And this is the Carpool Critics Movie Podcast where today we are talking about Edgar Wright's famous Shaun of the Dead. Spoiler alert! That was spoiler alert. I took the T off because that's what the British people say in case you were wondering. With the Cockney accent. Yeah. I like spoiler it. alert! I love it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of Christian Bale vibe on that. And if you're a part of our convoy of people who watch the movie ahead of time and like to follow along, next week we are going to be doing somehow the most requested movie yeah <laughs> event horizon it's a late 90s sci-fi horror movie that everyone's emailing us about for some reason Why it, did it they... actually is sweet it doesn't have the greatest ratings but it's a sick movie and guess what sarah's gonna be here to talk about nice. it with us because it's a scary one event horizon why did where when did people start requesting that after which movie I don't know. I, I've, we did a seen, scary one. I've seen requests like consistently, yeah. but in the last two weeks, we had three. I had never even, never even heard the of the movie, really. Like I, I thought that phrase, I encountered that phrase, but I was like, if, if someone's like, Event Horizon, the movie, I'm like, who? What? It's uh, a science term. It sounds like quantum leap. Exactly. But today, it's all about Shaun of the Dead. That's right. Okay, cool. David, you really wanted to cover this movie. I'm interested to hear your slogan rating out of 10. Shaun of the Dead is a movie so cleverly dense, it turns a reoccurring fart joke into efficient storytelling. <laughs> Enough said. 8.8 .8 out of 10. Ooh, 8.8. .8, wow. Okay. Maybe a little bit higher, but well, there's something in there that uh, hmm. put it down a little bit. All right. I, I, I sense, uh, I sense uh, trouble on the horizon. Anyways, here we go. Well, here's my slogan. What's the plan then? Right. We film a zombie horror comedy, stuff it full of in-jokes, cameos, and synchronized musical sequences, release it a week after the Dawn of the Dead remake, have a cup of tea, and start writing hot fuzz. 6.5 out of 10. 6.5. Yeah. Brave. Because here's the deal. I don't know. I didn't feel it. I'm not feeling it that much. Okay. Although I obviously felt it enough to write that slogan. <laughs> Spent a while on it. <laughs> Longer I, than I mean, this is a highly beloved movie. You can even see in the Twitter comments on our Twitter page, at Carpool Critics, where people were like, yes, do the yeah. whole Cornetto trilogy. This is the best. Been waiting forever. Our, just to clarify, our rating system, I don't, we, it's all, mostly all the same, right? Yeah, we're if, pretty close. For me, if it's above five, I liked it. Below five, I didn't like it. And this is 6.5, so I liked it, but I was just kind of like, eh. Riley, I sympathize with you. Shaun of the Dead is a fresh, funny fusion of horror and comedy. V-likeable, seven out of 10. V-likeable. Yeah. Like, I like it, I just don't love it. Yeah. Uh, how many times have you guys seen it? Twice. Twice. Yeah, this is only my second time. See, that's the thing, is you kind of have to buy in enough that you watch it over and over, and you realize, like, there's not a single line in that movie that isn't used multiple times to build it out and like, yeah and that's it, something that you get on multiple rewatches i did notice that that stuff and it actually helped having seen baby driver there's a lot of a mm, lot of uh totally. you can really get the style the edgar wright yeah I, I think when i saw it the first time i hadn't seen a lot of edgar wright movies and so having seen like scott program baby driver i kind of go back and watch this one i'm like oh man he has these like very distinct cues where you like oh that's how you know it's an edgar wright movie However, all of these things we were talking about where the movie's like chocked full of like these special little moments and whatnot, I don't necessarily, like they don't work on me as much, I guess. I don't, I, I, they don't, they don't speak to me in the same way, I think. That's fair. Do you know what does speak to me? What? Our sponsor. Carpool Critics is supported by Manscaped Performance Package Kit. It comes with a ton of stuff, including the new lawnmower waterproof trimmer with advanced skin safe technology and their crop preserver ball deodorant, which I've actually used. And I don't have this one, the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. I used to make fun of people for needing this, but actually now I'm one of you. My nose hairs are poking out. It also comes with their shoes, Shears 2.0 Luxury Nail Kit. A lot of stuff. So head to manscaped.com forward slash carpool20 today and get 20% off plus free international shipping. I like that as a Canadian. I'm international. <laughs> we are not domestic. And it all comes in their shed travel bag, which is a very high quality bag. And there's a pair of boxers in there and a t-shirt. Good it's gravy. It's insane. Wow. Limited time only. We're also brought to you by Private Internet Access VPN. PIA helps you hide your true IP address so that you can bypass your restrictions and censorship. You can connect up to 10 devices at once and it includes an internet kill switch. <laughs> That's a cricket bat. Uh, okay. <laughs> if your VPN gets disconnected involuntarily. PIA is available for Windows, Mac, Android, iOS, and even as a goddamn criminal session. So check it out as uh, lmg.gg slash carpool like Do it. <laughs> We're just so bad We're at selling stuff. Today. <laughs> ah. What is happening today? So for those of you who haven't seen this movie since, when did it come out? 2004. 2004. A Two simpler weeks. time. Two weeks after Dawn of the Dead, the remake. I didn't see that one either. It's, it's okay. I did. 
Okay, Riley, why don't you remind us what happened with the... Hit us up with a bit of the remake. In a London suburb, 29-year-old Sean works a dead-end job, lives with his slacker best friend Ed, and constantly lets down his girlfriend Liz. So she dumps him. After a night of heavy drinking at their favorite pub, the Winchester, Sean and Ed very slowly realize that zombies have overrun the city, so they set out to rescue Liz and Sean's mother, Barbara. Fighting off zombies with a cricket bat and a shovel, they retrieve Barbara and her husband, Philip, who's been bitten, before picking up Liz and her flatmates, David and Diane. It's a big group now. Philip apologizes to Sean for their tumultuous relationship before becoming a zombie. The group finally arrive at the Winchester, discovering that the rifle above the bar is functional. Barbara reveals she was bitten and dies. David tries to shoot her, leading to an argument, but when Barbara reanimates, a distraught Sean does it himself. Zombies break into the pub, devouring David. Diane rushes out to save him. Ed is bitten before he, Sean, and Liz hide in the cellar. With only two bullets left, the group considers suicide before discovering a lift that opens onto the street. So Ed volunteers to hold the zombies off as Sean and Liz escape and meet the army, who gun down the horde. Six months later, surviving zombies are used as cheap labor and entertainment. Liz moves in with Sean, who keeps the zombified Ed tethered in his shed, where they play video games, <laughs> LOL. Weird ending. It, I didn't like it. That's fair. In w- what respect? It's just like, I, I, it, it, it passes it off as like a happy ending, but it's like, it feels really weird I because Liz and Sean are kind of back at square one and, oh, you kept your friend around, but he's a f- zombie and he's not really alive. Like, I don't know. No, nah, dude, they're not back at square one. They're not, because the whole, the whole movie is about his... His like transition out of basically adolescence. There's this aspect like mm. you can think of the character of Ed as like a part of his mind. Yeah, and it's it's at the stage of life that he's in, it's holding him back. For sure. And so he needs to either destroy that part of his mind, yeah. or at least what's more healthy is just shrink it down to a manageable size. So by the end of the movie, uh, when this part of him Ed is is still alive, but it's actually it's literally on a leash. Ah, it's in the shed. So. Okay, I like that a little you bit know, more. You still get, you can be in a functioning adult and still play some video games. No, you know? I know, but it's totally, just... <laughs> totally. I get that that's the metaphor, I guess. It's, it's, uh, it, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way, though. I don't know. <laughs> just, just from on a literal level, just like keeping Ed alive so that you can like go in the shed and play video games with it. It's funny. Yeah. It's funny. And I will say that about this movie because I, yeah, I don't want to get too negative right off the top. Um, it, it is a very, very funny movie. We'll get back to the ending. I think it, it plays into the kind of mid 2000s zombie thing where it was like, see, like we're all zombies. <laughs> like in real life, everybody's a zombie. Consumerism, mm. pff, zombies. The Walking Dead, Wa- that's us. <laughs> yeah. And so I think it's playing into that because that was like really what zombie movies were about in that time is right. trying to say something about society with zombies. Yeah, man. There was a, it was a zombie moment. Yeah. Zombies were huge. Now, yeah, now the kind of new trend with zombies is to tell a human story with zombies as the backdrop and like Walking Dead or Last of Us is barely about the zombies. It's about human versus human conflict and how that plays out. But at this time, you were trying to use the zombies to say something. Yeah, That, that is the more interesting thing to do with zombies because they force humans to be in crazy situations. But zombies themselves aren't that interesting. No. They're they're pretty one-dimensional when you interact with them the cool thing about them is that they just never stop yeah they're right. always coming so you're never safe you can never relax yeah. you're yeah. always high strung and that just makes being shitty situations all the time i mean the the interesting thing to me about the whole genre of like zombie movie like when you just take like a, a generic zombie and think about the idea of a zombie the the thing that's interesting to me there is like what makes us human right because this is an animated uh flesh machine that is like going around doing things but something has been lost it's not a human we don't treat it as a human even though uh only a human who is like innately familiar with the way that we like actually interact with us and behave would be able to tell that's not a human that's a zombie you know so it's like an interesting question of what makes us what makes us human but is this the this, first this zombie comedy really, oh i don't know well, i mean like dawn of the dead's pretty funny like the og one in the 80s and i mean like intentionally uh yeah a bit of both because i mean it's again a social commentary about consumerism because it takes place in a mall very particularly yeah. so that they can accentuate how we're all brain dead because we're consumers and so they, they've it's the first almost pure comedy although right. i'm always shocked at the tonal shift by the end of this movie yeah, yeah. it's a pretty big shift That's into the- like full ser- like self-sincere zombie Sadness. Like when, by the time he's old yellering his own mom, it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They tried to break it up a bit. I think the like, second that he shoots her, Ed comes in with him kind of joke. Yeah. Kinda, yeah. 
Need a little more, uh, a little yeah. more levity I think there, that, but I think that even in Edgar Wright's movies, that's what he does, right? Like he'll have these hu- these these human moments, but they're punctuated still by like, you know, a, a, a joke or whatever. I mean, and I think that, or with something stylistically interesting at the very least, and yeah. I like that about him. We'll get there, but I think that uh, Hot Fuzz is a more tonally consistent movie, mm. and I think that this movie suffers a tiny bit from it. But let's go back to the beginning because I think this movie starts really strong. Okay, uh, and I talked a little bit about the density of this movie. Uh, and how not a frame, not a second, not a line of dialogue is wasted. Everything is a setup and a payoff. Everything is foreshadowing. And it's mm. insane the amount of like detail that went into this screenplay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really yeah. like the opening where at first there's just so many little reveals, right? You're looking just at him. And he's just vacantly gazing off in the distance. You kind of think, oh, this guy's drinking alone. And then you find, okay, he's not drinking alone. He's with her. Yeah. And then they start talking about this character ed oh it turns out he's in earshot ed's right there and then they do it yet again with her yeah. friends there oh, that was pretty clever no, yeah oh. that that whole structure is really uh, intriguing even to me as someone who's like my okay no i won't get in the negative i really liked uh, how she's like ed uh, it's not that i don't like ed ed it's not that i don't like, like you it, yeah. and then it pans yeah. to him yeah it's a it's a great kind of way to bring you in with this like stylistic little flourish. Totally, but it also introduces you so well to every single character, and those are like mm. the kind of main players. Like the mom and the dad come later, but you really get a dynamic for what's going on. Even how David likes Liz a little bit, and like how he's so snarky to Sean because he's overcompensating for his liking of him. Right. You know what's sick? Actually, I just realized is not only do you get introduced to all the characters, but you get to introduce them in order of importance. Oh. Where sometimes when you meet a gang of five people at the beginning, you don't know. Who matters more than who else? But mm. in this one, you actually eat, you meet the main character, Liz. then then Liz, then, then Ed, Ed, and then those other two. They're kind of more side charactery, but they are in the main group. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's awesome. Well, and then like they set up Sean's character arc in the first scene. Like it's insane. Like most movies will introduce you to where a character is, but they're not in, within the first scene. They're not going to be like this is what he's going to do. Yeah. Like this movie just sets it up. It's like he has to grow up. He has to figure it out. He has to learn how to love Liz properly. And yeah. like. I just love that. I think that having the opening of a film set like in the middle of a scene can really help with that. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of um, filmmakers uh, have an instinct to start somewhere basic. Like he wakes up and he makes himself coffee and he's on his way to work. And like, oh, and we're kind of like learning things about him on the way uh, as, as he's just going about his day or something, yeah. the character. But this like starts right in the middle. Cold they've open. Already, they've already been having this this conversation we're in the middle of a, this scene and it's, uh, yeah, we, we get the feeling of, the, the vibe is there. Yeah. Well, and like all the lines of dialogue in that scene will be repeated again later with a new meaning. And like this movie does that all the time. They say a line of dialogue and then there's a new meaning later. Like when Liz has dumped Sean and Ed is trying to give him a pep talk and he's like, oh, like there's a bunch of interesting people at this bar. See, like it's all good. Like <laughs> Snake Hips, like he's always surrounded by women. Later in the movie, Snake Hips is being eaten by a bunch of women. Oh, is he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like every single person that they set up will be returning the movie in some way. Every single extra before the zombies yeah. will come back as a zombie. Every bit and part like, character. Yeah, in that montage before, like Mary is set up. And like to me, that's a Mary, sign Mary of, is the zombie they encounter the in the first backyard. Yeah, yeah, And we see her as a cashier in the opening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like uh, I just. Uh, I, uh, the one I noticed was Cockett. Yeah, Ed, Ed in the first scene is he says cock it like it's a, that means like oh oh crap yeah kind of uh, when he's playing games <laughs> yep. and then later on he's I think it's the third time he says it where he says it to someone who's holding a gun and they literally cock it yeah well and there's like there's really <laughs> like great ones where you just don't pick it up like the first couple times you watch it where Pete yells at Ed and he's like you want to live like an animal go live in the shed and it's like yeah he will go do that by the end but I think the best one and I didn't pick up on it till like maybe two or three watches ago is when Ed is giving that pep talk to, to Sean and he's talking about what we're going to do to get through it. He's literally foreshadowing the entire movie cocktail by yeah, cocktail. Yeah, but that, okay, I saw that too and I'm like, okay, wait, did I put that in here? Yeah. So we'll have a Bloody Mary first thing, a bite at the king's head, a couple at the little princess, stagger back here, uh, and then bang, bang, back at the bar for shots. Okay, so but the, the bite at the king's head Yeah, it's is about his dad who's Phil, a patriarch. Yeah. Phil getting bitten. Yeah. I know, but it's just like, I don't know. Like, What I, do you th- want him to say? No, the no, dad's no. bite? No, I, I'm not saying, I'm. I, okay, here's here's my point. Getting a little bit into the negative, yeah, just, yeah. just because I don't, want, I don't want to go too deep, but you're saying all of these things, and those are the very things that kind of annoyed me about the movie. Really? Because... This is Edgar Wright. You know, I'm not, uh, this is kind of what I'm saying about like not loving Edgar Wright's whole style. Mm-hmm. It's very, very flashy. It's very, very self-referential and uh, it, it, it makes things very complex and stylish. But I think that while I'm watching, 
when they repeat lines like that, like one or two or three or four, I'm like, okay, I can get it. But the whole movie, as you say, is just chock full of these references to things that other, that other things that happen in the movie, things that happen uh, in other things that the actors have done. There's like so many in references to Spaced, which was like the TV show that, that, uh, Simon Pegg, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost was in it too. Um, and so it like, at a certain point, I'm just kind of like, all right, I get it. See, I think though that you're, tone it you're, down. <laughs> you're, the way you're saying it makes it sound like they're doing the same thing over and over, but they're they're bringing a dimensionality to this like meta self-referential element, and like they're approaching it from different ways. And like the way they do foreshadowing was totally different. Where one time they'll set up that there is the child lux- box on the car, and then like two scenes later, it's gonna fuck them over. Yeah. They're not doing the same thing with these self-referential things. Yeah, they're building out this like complex like dense piece of tungsten of movie. Right. Uh, with like really interesting ideas, and like it, I. I mean, it's a maybe it's a preference no, thing, you, but I just it's yeah. 100% a preference It's definitely thing a preference thing. It's style, right? Yeah. And it's, if if it was just a good thing to do unanimously, this is how all movies would be done, and yeah. it wouldn't be unique. It's unique because because not everyone does it, because mm. not everybody likes it. Yeah. So just by its very nature, some people won't like it, and some people will really really like it. Well, what I will say That's in fair. in on the positive side for this kind of thing is is that. Um, Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg and the, the the whole team seems to do an excellent job of having that style and also having substance. I think that when I see like all of these super heavy stylistic flourishes, I'm like, okay, you care way too much about style. But and and that happens in a lot of other movies, right? People place more emphasis on that. Like Baby but, Driver, this is better than Baby Driver. Right, Baby. right, right. Exactly. Baby Driver is a great example of something that, in my opinion, places way too much emphasis on style, and not enough on I substance. Think that's fair. But this is a movie that I will say uh, has the substance to back that up. So I really appreciate that. However, from someone who likes to kind of like immerse myself in what I'm watching, like even when I'm analyzing things, I like to be taken there. I like to be taken on a ride. And all of these little things just remind me that I'm watching uh, a carefully crafted thing by Edgar Wright or whatever. And I just see the filmmaker instead of the film. That's fair. And uh, that's what that's. Yeah. The, I think that's I think where that's my not my, totally that's not my issue with it. Mm. Uh, I I like it. It's cool, and I like noticing like oh oh there he always says that you know and like yeah, I'm yeah. starting to get what they're doing and I like all that. But to me, it has an effect where by the time I'm in like the final quarter of the movie, almost new li- no line of dialogue is new by yeah. that point. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's all like everything is a com- a callback and. I just found myself like I chuckled many times in this movie, but I never like lost my shit. I think that's really laughing what it is. in this movie. Yeah, for sure. And like for me, that's time, why it's a seven. By the time everything's repeating itself, I'm like, okay. Yeah, but I think we there, get it. there is stuff like the. I think the big dramatic moments aren't all callbacks. Like there's moments that when they're going more into the self serious, they know to like ease up on mm. the the meta pedal. Totally. Uh, and they're great. The, some those moments are great. The moment that he has the midpoint with his father in the backseat of the car. Yeah, yeah, that's a good moment. Like and, and Simon Pegg suddenly has tears on yeah. on his face on his cheeks. And uh, they're earned. It's like perfectly placed to make you care about a movie, which up till now has mostly been just kind of a fun romp. And that moment really brings you in and be like, oh, yeah, this movie is about Sean's uh, character and his development from the kind of this like slacker loser into a man of action, a hero, you know, a self-made person or whatever. And um, yeah, I I was like, oh, this is actually kind of touching. Also, Bill Nye is great. Bill Nye? Oh, Nye. Bill Nye. Yeah, yeah. I was like, wait, Bill Nye's in this when movie? I, when, I, when I saw that it was Bill Nye playing his dad, uh, his father-in-law, uh, or stepped it, Step stepfather, dad. I was like, yes, I love Bill he's, Nye. What right. else is he in? Oh, man, he's in he's, he's in a million in things. Harry Potter. Can't name any of them. He's the uh, captain in Pirates of the Caribbean, the fish guy, Davy Jones. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he's in Harry Potter. He's, he's just one of those British actors that's in yeah. a ton of stuff. He's okay. just, yeah, he's in a million things. What this movie is so amazing at is delaying the zombies mm. it's a it's amazing you keep thinking like okay now they're gonna interact with the zombies but then they don't again and again and again like yeah. you know that there's zombies outside they start walking outside of the bar walking home staggering drunk yep and they start interacting with a zombie but they're so <laughs> drunk they don't realize because yeah. they're they're humming some or singing some song i don't know yeah but then <laughs> They so, two zombies. so clever, man. The zombie down the road is just groaning, and they think that he's singing along because the song they're singing happens to have yeah. groaning in it. And then yeah. they chastise the dude. He's like, that tw- like twat over there doesn't know the words of the song. And then yeah. they, they walk on. Yeah. That's so funny. See, and, but, uh, yeah, I didn't laugh at that. You don't moment. like that? But, but continue. But I, I don't think this is a laugh out loud movie, and I don't think all comedies are laugh out loud. And like, 
when you're by yourself or with one other person, mm. no movie is a laugh I, out loud movie. I definitely laughed out loud at multiple points. I think it's a very, very funny movie. Mm-hmm. And I laughed out loud. It was just like that point. I was like, hmm. I think that there's a certain, okay. We're still getting. I'm. You're I'm, so set on the no, negatives. No, I don't want to be tired. Look, I'm, I'm not done. Yeah, I'm okay, talking fine, about go delay. Ahead, go the ahead, delayed go gratification yeah, yeah. is so good because they're setting up the zombies for so long. Because they do that um, again, similar to Baby Driver. There's that big walking shot. He's going through the town. It establishes all these all these characters like the kid with the soccer ball and the shopkeeper and we kind of need that because then later on we need to know what bizarro world looks like he does that same walk again mm. with the same long shot and it's all different now and that's the first time you're like okay now he's going to interact with all these zombies he's, he doesn't yeah. then the bar thing happens they still don't know and then there's a zombie in their backyard and they just think it's a drunk chick <laughs> it's delayed so far even when when that first zombie is biting down on him bearing down on him he, they still are just like, man, this chick's nasty. He goes yeah. and gets a camera. Yeah, yeah. It's just delayed to the max. I yeah. thought that was just expert. And I done. love that it's a disposable camera, too. Yeah. Like, he doesn't even have a real camera. Or and, then, and then after she gets impaled, he starts winding it up. To yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good that it's still as funny as it is all these years on. Yeah. Because comedies can really decay. I think, well, I think that's that's it goes to show how much they invest into the different kinds of comedy. Because, like, comedies now are, are very, like, improv based and everything mm. is like okay we get really funny people into a room we give them a funny scenario and then they play it out right. but this is so crafted so meticulously crafted right. like even the little things like sean getting a phone call and the the receiver just comes into frame like an inch from his face and like they had to try that out have the guy fully extended getting it there and like that's a way of having like comedy is things entering or exiting the frame yeah. in like an unusual way i love when he's uh what you never hopped a fence before, and you guys have the fence falls over. That was in the trailer, I think. But uh, it's oh, a Cornetto trilogy thing. Every movie has a fence jumping joke. Oh, really? Yeah, I wow. didn't see any of the other ones. You, we got to do them. We'll see how. Yeah, I do. We have I to love. I love <laughs> this like, style you, of movie. You just, re- you just referenced another thing where they're just like setting up a joke and then repeating it multiple times. <laughs> just turn Riley off even yeah. more. <laughs> I, I think one thing we can all agree on is how good the transitions are in this movie. Mm. Like, I love that they do the, like, really intense uh, whip zooms on, like, mundane things, like brushing your teeth, opening yeah. a drawer, pulling I call it. that the Requiem for a Dream montage. Yeah, and it's it's <laughs> funny because, like, it's, it's it serves as a good transition, but it's, like, it, it amps the intensity anyway, and, like, it works as the, the dual purpose for this movie. Where it, it is right. a zombie movie, and there is, like, death and, like, life yeah. stakes, but it's silly. And, like, you're seeing jam being spread on toast really intensely. Well, it's, like, but it's okay. also the monotony <laughs> of, of everyday life, yeah. and it, it has some kind of uh, unity with when he's riding on the bus and everyone looks like a zombie, yeah. and they're all on our phones. Oh, and, and it's the sandstorm, whatever that intense song is playing. Yeah, it's by a band with with zombie in its name. That oh, song yeah. is called Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. But it's funny. Yeah, he's just on the bus, and, like, <laughs> the movie knows. Oh, I just, I, uh, yeah, I, it. I, I, I love it. Even Ugh. other transitions, like um, when they're faking, they're gonna about to like fake being zombies, and the friend has to like give him an acting class on being a zombie, and they're like, okay, one, two, three, <gasps> and then the transition is just a hard cut to them doing it. Like all these things, ha- you can't just like make that happen in editing. You can't just make that happen on the day. It's all planned and thought yeah. out. And this movie, I get the idea that like every frame, every second. Was like he Edgar Wright had it in his mind, right? And he just has such a vision for this movie. I think it was Tolstoy who said like the most important part of writing is the transitions. Mm. It, it's a uh, it really makes a huge difference when you you know you set up something like in uh, what was movie was it recently where we covered where it was oh is us uh, Silence of the Lambs where you're like just never forget Starling what he is and then it cuts to a whole different character saying oh he's a monster it's like those transitions <laughs> right. are sick yeah yeah, yeah. um I, I like the editing in this movie a lot however i will say that i think that those little requiem for a dream montages i think they do a couple too many in this one i was a little sick of them i think that's yeah. just a time thing where it's like in 2004 it would have felt a little more fresh and now that we've had a parody on the parody on the parody it's like okay yeah i get definitely it too quick i think that be. i think that's probably a big reason why i wasn't feeling it so much either because this came out in 2004, and at that time, it was, like, the first... I don't even know if there's been other, like, zombie comedy-type situations. There, uh, since yeah, there was that one... Uh, what the heck was that one called? Where he's he's a zombie, and he's in love with a That's girl. Warm Bodies. Warm that's Bodies. Not, that's, like, a romantic comedy. 
Uh, there's a comedy. There's comedy okay, zombie movies. Okay. The the point the point being that the zombie genre has now been experimented so much with that there's all yeah. sorts of different uh, movies land. that explore explore different ideas and, and permutations. Uh, but th- at the time, this was like, oh, we've never really seen this before. Like a fun, uh, ridiculous, very stylized uh, comedy set in a zombie apocalypse situation. Well, and uh, yeah, uh, some of these. At the at the time, I'm sure I agree with you that some of these like transition montages and stuff mm-hmm. were like people were like, "Whoa, cool!" Well, you think about how Dawn of the Dead came two weeks before this, and that's a very self serious, like classical zombie movie where it's sort not like of. it's not postmodern where it's like trying to make a commentary yeah. on like what society thinks about zombies. It's, it's just Zack like, Snyder. Zo- so. Oh god, of course, <laughs> of course it is. It does have comedy in it, but it's not a comedy. No, yeah, but like they, it's very straight faced. Where I think most zombie things now have to have like one level of postmodernism as a commentary on what zombies are. Right. Um, and that movie was very straight-faced. Zack like, Snyder should just not make movies. Okay, wait. We're going to do the Snyder cut, right? We're, we're going to do, do this. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk about that then. We'll talk about this it. This movie then. has great examples of premise delivery mm. where you're like, yep, this is why, why I came here. Mm. Like when they're in the backyard uh, taking pictures of the zombie, <laughs> like he tilts <laughs> her head and makes her smile. <laughs> they take a picture. <laughs> and then right after that's when they're throwing their records. Yep. And the mo- zombies are so slow that they have enough time to go through like oh don't throw purple rain <laughs> yeah no, no, throw that one that and they they miss every time yeah, and, yeah. Like, and they're trying to cut their heads off with these records like that was yeah. amazing and that, that's exactly what i want out of, like what could a zombie comedy be that's yeah. exactly it well and i think that scene's great too because it, it helps you get to know sean but it also sets up like the musical numbers too where you're like okay music and zombies are going to be intertwined and so it serves like four purposes even yeah. though it's just like a silly comedy scene yeah i love it see okay i I just just for the record, I didn't love that scene because I was kind of like, ah, okay, I get it. You're going through records, and you, know, you can bash some, and like, oh, don't throw that one. That one's good. I want to keep it. And I'm like, okay, so like, I don't know. It's just it's just so transparent. And I think I think what that, a like, hater. I know. I know. I know. I'm being a hater right now yeah. for sure. But like, I'm just I'm just trying to be honest about the like. It just uh, it just didn't grip me. And part probably part of that is because I'm not into like this kind of like rock star style like ooh we're being flashy and we got crazy lens flares and transitions woo woosh and like effects and i'm i'm just like i don't want to see i don't want to see that stuff i don't want to see the ma- magician doing the flourish i just want to see the trick you know don't like wow me with your more of a david blaine guy than a Chris yeah Angel. sure <laughs> yeah okay yeah i'll go with that sure sure i mean i don't i'm not a real life david blaine fan or whatever but yeah Street magic. as a metaphor i want to be actually tricked into believing what i'm seeing instead of like having someone flash sparkly lights in front of me and be like Whoa, what happened i think that's totally fair and i think it, it's that's not you're not the person Edgar Wright's making these movies no for. he's making these movies for <laughs> david not. huge movie yeah. fans that like watch movies non-stop and like for, like well, for me the I illusion movies of movies stuff. doesn't really exist anymore when i went to mm-hmm. film school and like saw the sausage being made it changed how i enjoy movies and then <laughs> the sausage I, being made 1956 like it's a film <laughs> like that's the title <laughs> i went to film school it's i saw the sausage being made <laughs> yeah and i think like to me the seeing the craft i totally get it because like it does take you out of it but mm-hmm. i think that when you see that kind of craft I'm just in awe of the fact that he was able to cram that much craft yeah. into 140 minutes. Like I, it's I, not like not anyone doing their best could do it. And like these are two very talented writers working their absolute hearts out right. to make something that's so dense. And that takes a lot of skill. I will say I I respect the skill and I respect uh Edgar Wright's ability to use the medium of cinema to its um greatest potential. Mm. I don't know, whatever they're not the greatest yeah, movies yeah. ever made, but yeah, yeah, but I he he I I it sounds like you maybe watched this video essay too that I was watching where someone's like uh, comedies nowadays are so lame you know yeah, it's basically like painting, sketch yeah. comedy uh, put into a in, in a movie form yeah and there's no interesting camera moves there's no like crazy stuff like art going on but Edgar Wright does this thing where he is like no this is a cool this is this is an interesting medium with so much potential for the combination of visuals and music and and writing and and acting and so there's like so many things you can manipulate and like craft to be this vision that you that you want and I do respect that I think that I have a personal preference that even though I do know a lot about how movies are made and what goes on behind the scenes I want to be tricked and when a movie can do that to, uh, for me despite 
Like when I watch Lord of the Rings, I see all these problems with it, right? I'm like, oh, the the effects are stupid here, and like I can see through that guy's that guy's disguise or whatever. But the everything, the the writing and the the themes are so compelling that I don't care. And with this one, I didn't care as much about the characters and what was going on enough for me to look past the the well it's because he was drawing my attention to it no for sure look at this look at this look at this yeah yeah, i do get that i get it i think though like there's just so many clever visual gags i think my Mm -hmm. favorite one is the second time they're going through that big steady camp shot where he ends up at the the community store and back and he the first time he just opens the the door and he like looks at a beer or whatever puts it back grabs a coke um, and goes and pays but the second time there's like bloody hands on the window and it's like <laughs> yeah, you said yeah, it's like yeah. the delaying of it and then he just slips and yeah. you're like oh there's <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. Like, there's blood there and it's like they don't draw that attention to it but you're just like oh this place is fucking dead. I like, loved that so fucked up I loved that yeah His hands are kind of backwards a... on the door did you notice that it's like as if it was from the inside yeah it's like the oh. door must have been opened when they went otherwise I didn't think about it but yeah you're right Oh huh. dang, dude! This shit this movie fucking sucks for me those moments the, the moments like that where they recreate the shot um, before and after the zombie attack or whatever. Uh, I don't know who, like, are people wa- leaning forward in that moment and being like, oh, it's the same shot, you know? Or, or, or are they doing what I did, which was kind of like, uh-huh, it's the same shot. <laughs> I think somewhere in between. No, but I, what I said is before, it has a story purpose. Yeah. Like, taking us through those same scenes before demonstrates to us, like, yeah, but the world what, is different now. I guess that, but what's, to me, when you say it has a story purpose, it implies that there's something we learn in that moment. I think it's part of the, the theme of, like, people were zombies before. I like guess the, we, the garbage guy who, like, looked at him really creepily, and you're like, oh, is he a zombie already? Or or we're learning about Sean's character, that he is so oblivious. Yes, I think that's part of it, too. Yeah. He, just, he, people I, they are really so... beat you over the head with that, though, I think. Yeah, but that's 2004. Well, what I, what, what, all I'm saying is, like, we know that the world is different now because we saw it before. We saw it in the normal state, and we see it in the bizarro state. Right, but, like, we... We don't need that whole shot to tell us that, right? We like look out on the street and we see the zombies and we're like, okay, we know. Anyways, anyway, uh, okay, moving kind on. Of. You know, I think there's other examples of really good visual storytelling. Something as simple as when he's making the reserve or trying to make the reservation uh, at the fish place. <laughs> um, <laughs> the way it's shot is like very smart and it's very simple. It's it's one. The movie has a little bit of shaky cam, but this is one of the few times it does it, and it does a shaky cam and it pulls out with Sean. But he walks into basically what feels like an invisible wall just as he's connecting. And it's like this visual connecting as in uh, to the to like on the other side of the line. And it's this visual like uh, like uh, feeling that you get where it's mm. like he's coming up against a wall uh, with this like this this reservation. Yeah. Uh, and like it's just like such a simple camera move. But it tells us it accentuates the feeling you're spo- that he's feeling and it makes the audience participate that's something that i definitely do appreciate about this whole style is the the camera moves that accentuate like character moments like that like when they're when they are talking about what to do about the zombies in the backyard and the camera follows ed they're like what are they doing or whatever and ed walks over to the <laughs> to the window and the camera follows him over to the window he opens the thing and the zombies are right up against yeah. the glass being like Ugh! and he closes the blinds again and walks back and the camera follows him back over and he's like yeah they're still there or whatever yeah yeah i love yeah. that i i i appreciate those moments yeah they're good the, the presentation let's talk about um simon pegg's acting he's great i was like how old is this character supposed to be he says he's 29 but yeah. <laughs> this guy's like pretty bald and he he was well, 38 i know but yeah. he was he was 34 oh okay i mean i think but part still. of why his performance is so good is that he actually co-wrote this with edgar wright and like that's the whole cornetto trilogy right. Simon Pegg. it and really like, makes sense because it's like yeah. a vertically integrated product totally. like we were saying before like someone like judd apatow he's gonna write all this dialogue on the page he's gonna write jokes into the script but a lot of it is getting the crew together and letting them kind of run wild on totally. set and getting that kind of sketch vibe whereas this it's so much more like auteur, ba- auteur ba- I can't say it, whatever. Auteur, yeah. It, uh, where we're, we're writing in the gags, we're also writing in the camera move that matches that gag, and you get so yeah. many different forms of comedy because totally. of that. It's, it's hard to kind of put your finger on it, but in other comedies that don't have that auteur influence or whatever, where like the actor, the, the main protagonist and the writer-director are kind of like working together on it, um, it's hard to put your finger on it, but there is something about a regular comedy that just doesn't have the 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 depth of feeling that we get from Simon Pegg and like these close-ups on his face and he's just like everything is just so perfect. It's hard to describe. Well, I but think you guys know what I'm talking about. Totally. Where it's well, like I mean, when I watch him, I'm like, 
did this guy write and direct the movie? Because it kind of seems like it because he's well, they, nailing everything. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they were such a powerful dynamic duo. Like Space is an incredible show that you should absolutely watch if you haven't watched. And then the whole mm-hmm. Cornetto trilogy is incredible. And I think Edgar Wright is missing something without the Simon Pegg. Because Simon Pegg's a great writer. He wrote Star Trek 13, mm. uh, and it's arguably the best of, of the new movies. And Which one is that? The Beyond. Uh, is that the third yeah, reboot and there's, one? Yeah, there's issues with it, but it's like a I haven't seen very that. good. Oh, right, you should. I've, I've seen the first two. <laughs> the third <laughs> one might be the best. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, but I think like you can see it in Scott Pilgrim, which I absolutely love, mm. but... Edgar Wright in that movie has tripled down on the style. Right. On like the like self-referential, everything is like meta, everything is like pulling you out of it. Is that one come after this movie? Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, I think Scott Pilgrim was next, then At World's End, and then Baby Driver. Ah, gotcha. Uh, the, the thing tends to happen where you kind of dabble with a new style in your first movie, and then you refine your style as it goes, and then you become like a parody of your own style. Yeah. You become so stylistic that that you get like a Family Guy episode making fun of you. Well, I think like that's like yeah. like Tarantino by the time you're in Kill Bill or um, Grand Budapest Hotel, yeah, kind of West yeah, Anderson. Yeah. It's, it's like, like if, if it's just the first movie I saw from you, it's just like insane. Like the hell am I looking at? Totally. And I think Baby Driver really suffers from that, and we all kind of had that shared the opinion where it's like it's more style than substance. But I think with Simon Pegg in this movie, there's so much heart to it, and like the characters are good. And the relationships they have. And like you care about these. I cared about these people quite a bit by the end. And so there's all this clever like window dressing. But at the heart of this movie, there's a truth. There's an honesty that really does come through. And I think that elevates the movie beyond a lot of what else Edgar Wright's has done. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of get the sense um, because the way that the character arc is constructed, it's, it's not like a zombie movie plus they gave him an arc. It's like they had a character who needed this arc and the zombie facade yeah. facilitates the character moving through the arc. Totally. Right. Yeah, I think I th- it's... I think there's a quote where Edgar Wright is saying uh, what the impetus or the uh, original idea was for this movie, and he's like, yeah, we we, uh, we were just hanging out, and we were just like, oh, what if we made this like uh, movie about two idiots who uh, are the last to notice that a zombie apocalypse has happened? And that's <laughs> it's like, okay, so that's that's where you came up. Like, It, it came from a real place, too, because the, the two characters are clearly... They've said this multiple times. They're based off Simon Pegg's and Nick Frost's like actual relationship as roommates, and uh, you can feel it. Part of the inspiration of this movie was actually an episode of Space, right. where they were. It's like a zombie episode. It's like a what if happened. Or yeah. What, yeah, and it's a uh, it's great. Yeah, Space is. So like, you've actually watched the show? Yeah, it's awesome. It's is there only, only one two season. Se- two seasons, I believe. Oh, okay. Uh, and they're only. It's like a British show, so there's like eight episodes or something. Oh, so they have accents. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not into it. It's a. Uh, it's it's great, but we're gonna talk about this. Including the problem of Ed saying the N word. Oh, oh yeah! Oh, I thought we were gonna get to that later. But... That from my mind completely. I was like, whoa! I, I was whoa. like, wow, 2004. Yeah. I reacted as <laughs> Everyone well. Everyone thought this was okay. Yeah. I, was, I was just like, yeah. I well, leaned forward. I was like, what? Yeah. And I rewound. I was like, did he actually say, say that? that? I think the point is to show how abrasive and Ed, like, ledge lord edgy he is. Because mm. like, it's not cool that he says it. Everyone's like, ugh. But. Uh, that's not how yeah. you would do it. In no. would, that have, would that have been in the trailer? <laughs> no. No, 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 no. It's, I think it was still like, I think people still viewed it as like a Cringy. bad word. Yeah. But I don't think that it had, the, I guess it didn't have the, well, they're British as well. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe. Well, it I remember that different. during that time, I, I guess I was in high school. People like wanted to say it because they thought it was cool. It was like, oh, it's a cool if you can say it like without getting in trouble. And it was like the the pat the card pass and yeah, card, I don't, card pass. I mean, I don't ever remember. What's a card pass? It, well, it's like you would get a pass to say it because you meet a certain criteria. It was bullshit. What? Oh, okay, um, okay. I don't remember ever like that word ever being okay for someone not black to say. Yeah. So maybe maybe I was just like out of the loop back yeah. then. But and I, I, like I said, I think it is supposed to accentuate how his character is an outsider to everyone, and everyone is like un- made uncomfortable by him because he yeah. constantly says stupid. Yeah, shit. he's clearly supposed to, and I think the same kind of goes for when he's like gay or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I think even that, I think that's a little bit more. It's he's not saying oh, I'm homophobic. Like this is a gay. This is what gay people would do. Just. He's like. The movie is making a comment about how straight men are like afraid of like emotional candidness, yeah, you know. For sure. <laughs> they said that actually. Uh, Simon Pegg explained. Wait, can I read the actual quote? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Only if you do an accent. Ed 
So like um, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg did a promotional video for people to uh, lock down oh, yeah, at the very that, beginning yeah. of, the, of the pandemic in like March 2020 or something. And anyways, you can go watch the video. But in the video, he mentions this homo- uh, the, the gay joke in the movie. And he says, the original joke wasn't intended. I'm not going to do the accent. The original joke shit. wasn't intended as homophobic. It was more a comment on the absurdity of straight male appropriation of homophobic signifiers in order to denote their aversion to emotional candidness. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> totally what I would have said in retrospect, too. <laughs> Did they have a little disclaimer for the N-word? <laughs> yeah. No. We're woke, I swear, we're woke. No, not in that video. Yeah. But I think we were talking about this the other day, actually, how saying that's gay has gone from being oh this is actually offensive and you're because you're saying this thing th- this thing is bad because yeah. you're calling it gay to being something where it's like huh gay as in like you care emotionally about people and it's like sort of a meta criticism of heteronormative uh well it's like maleness. if your entire society is on the same page now where it's yeah. like it's a given yeah, that we we're not homophobic. If you live in a society where that's a given, yeah, there is no society where that's a given. Right? <laughs> well, Even today, when well, you play small games circles. online, there's so many like, <laughs> yeah, R word. It's coming F-word. full circle again. Yeah, and people are using it the wrong way. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, I hate news montages in movie, but in this movie, they elevate it to the next level. When they're switching channels, switching channels, and he's in the reflection, so you get a like a, a shot of him. It's like a right. medium close up on top of this this channel that's changing and i think it's funny like there's lots of good comedic jokes yeah and that elevates it to a place that i love and i think this is again this is the problem with watching like an old movie like this and for only the second time i guess Mm. because i saw this movie a long time ago um and watching again i see this news montage especially the part where it's like chaining together all of these phrases taken out of context from the shows and it comes together to be like there's panic on the streets of london Religious people are calling it this thing because dead people are rising for the race. And that's like yeah. that all, all of these things are being said by different shows. And I see that and I'm like, okay, I get it. Because I I mean, I guess I I think I've seen something like that before. Yeah. It must have been. Maybe. It must have been redone somewhere. Because sure. when I it's saw it this like time, on I'm the like, Simpsons by now. I'm like, this is cliche, you know? <laughs> but but I've seen other people hold up this this uh, sequence as being like really innovative and like a, a, a creative use of cinema and whatnot yeah. and how to like explain things without it being boring. Yeah. It's definitely not boring, I guess. Yeah, totally. It's very dynamic. I'm just kind of like, nah, okay, cheesy. We get it. <laughs> you could only do that in comedy. It wouldn't work if you're watching Children of Men and they did that. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so let's get back to the things that like we really think are interesting about this movie. We talked a lot about the style, but like the the tone of the movie shifts heavily from like happy-go-lucky comedy uh, in in many ways it seems very kind of stereotypical we we have a lovable loser and then it goes from this like happy-go-lucky situation to something that's really deep and like makes you feel things did you guys go on that ride did it make you feel things i i don't like the when they're in the bar at the end that kind of showdown that's where i start to like the movie less mm. i start to get just like a little boring i don't know and then then that is where the tone changes to it's like super serious. There's not that many jokes. They do do the I'm sorry, Sean thing again for it. And that yeah. has a good effect to yep. have that callback kind of like for a yeah. climactic moment. But just I don't know what it is about the bar overall, though. Just the shooting and stuff. I don't care that much. I think it's because they're having a hard time joining the fun with the style with the drama. Whereas the rest of the movie does it pretty seamlessly where it's like within one scene, you're kind of on this roller coaster. Mm-hmm. In the bar, it feels like, okay, we're in one sequence now where it's a funny sequence. We're in one sequence now yeah. where it's really serious. We're in one sequence... And it just kind yeah, of like it okay. starts to kind of uh, like separate, like oil like and vinegar. All, or all those things are kind of discrete scenes alternating. Yeah. Whereas in the in the middle of the movie, where he's getting the heart to heart with from his stepfather, that's happening right beside characters who aren't involved in that conversation. Yeah. They're in the in the same car and they're yelling for different reasons. Uh, and so it's just it's side by side. Well, and even how they go into that scene, it's, it feels like you're being eased into it, where. Sean's distracted by the thing and his dad's like like Sean like I'm yeah. trying to talk to you I'm trying to talk to you and like as an audience you're being like pulled into this moment yeah uh, and the rest of the movie it just like the last bar sequence you just feels like yeah discrete scene discrete scene you're not being eased in and out of it yeah that, that that moment in the car is really my favorite scene in the whole movie because it does such a good job of transitioning you from this like ah oh, we're r- driving around trying to avoid zombies ah, and everyone's yelling at each other and the movies and the music's getting turned on and off and blah 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 and it just kind of slowly brings you down there and you have this real moment and I'm like, for me, I, I honestly hadn't even thought much about Sean's character until that moment. I was like, 
oh, he is stuck in his life and he hasn't had really like motivation. I think the key word that that um, Philip says there is you you just need motivation. And I'm like, oh, the zombie pen, the, this whole thing is the motivation. I think it's a, I, I heard somebody else say this as well, so it's not my thing, but it's it's character driving story. We have this character who lacks motivation, who lacks a goal that he's working towards and the world needs to be shook shook up in some way, and so the zombies do that, and that gives him this motivation mm-hmm. at, to change his, the way he, that he lives. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that, that scene, I love it. But I think the thing that makes it okay that that's a serious scene embedded among other silly scenes or, or action scenes or whatever is the fact that they're in the car, there's a discrete endpoint, Phil, Philip turns into a zombie, and they're like, everyone out of the car! And we have to go somewhere else. Mm. But I think that in the bar, we are having these scenes mixed in with each other, but they're all in the same location. Yeah. And it just seems a bit jumbled. Totally. And I mean, like, part of it might be, too, that, like, the stakes with Philip feel different because you're not as attached to Philip as his mom Mm. or Ed. Uh, And so it feels much more, like, like, not melodramatic, but, like, in that direction. Because, like... Like melodramatic... You you mean dramatic in a bad way. Yeah, where, like... The first time I watched this movie, I liked the first half and I hated the second half. Like, I was young and I hadn't, hadn't watched that many movies at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I found the tonal shift when he has to kill his mom mm. was, like, unbearable. I was like, this is so serious for a comedy. I can't handle <laughs> This how, is supposed to be a comedy. Like, the imagining, yeah. like, killing your mom because you turned into a zombie. It's, it's like, rough. that's full zombie. Yeah. Like, that's not, like, like, zombie diluted with comedy. That's full, like, Dawn of the Dead, yeah. Day of the Dead, Return of the Dead. Like, that's that's as dark as it gets. Yeah. Um. And maybe that's just like the stakes are higher in that scene too. You didn't you didn't like that as a kid, but I hate it as a kid. But what now? I lo- I don't <laughs> like I'm I'm like with James. I think that the the bar stuff is there's clever bits. Yeah. Um, I like the series. I love I love that scene as well when mm. he has to struggle with killing his mom or not. Yeah. Because first of all, Simon Pegg does again an, an amazing job. He I think like he is primarily cast as a as a uh, comedy actor, but he's a really good actor actor. Yeah. Um. He does a hell of a job in that scene, and it really makes you think about the gravity of what like this means, and like he's neglected to to call his mom and get her flowers and stuff, and so like we're feeling all the weight of his bad decisions, and it's a great scene. But like, yeah, I, I agree. Then, actually, after that, it's pretty much serious all the way with like little bit, little, little bit. bit jokes. And I think right after that, there's the the most violent death in the whole movie, which is David getting ripped apart. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. And like when I was like whatever, fifteen, thirteen. That was fucking scary. It's so shocking. Yeah, I think you know what? That, that might be the th- drop that makes the glass run over. Oh yeah, mm. that might be the one where it's like I can handle him having to kill his mom. That kind of could fit in the yeah. movie in a movie where we already ha- saw him say goodbye to his father, his uh, stepdad in the way that he did. Um, that could have worked, and then he has the final. Uh, confrontation with Ed but in between there where this guy's getting disemboweled like you see his like head get yeah. ripped off and his reaction I think yeah. that was too much yeah, I yeah think you it, yeah. see then, the moment the light goes out of his eyes yeah. as his intestines oh, are being fuck. ripped apart and like he's just like Ugh. I'm like oh god this is supposed to what and I, I don't want to he should have died right in a funny way so that we could be because the whole movie you kind of hate that guy yeah. so he should have died in a way where like haha he shit himself yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> well, it, they kind of turned around to funny because in like the special features she his girlfriend uses his leg basically takes his leg as him and like beats the zombies off and yeah. survives so it's like goofy we see a little bit of that but yeah, yeah but like she kind of just disappears out the door yeah but I get- no i agree with you at that is that's the point where it sunk even deeper to me but the point for me where i like the movie lost me was um when they beat up uh, what's his name? Big Al. Oh, really? The oh, bar like owner. Scene. When they beat him up with the pool cues to the tune I of "Don't that. Stop Me Now" by Queen. I'm like, okay, <laughs> can we move on? Like, I I get it. They're doing it in beat in time, and even like it goes on for goes so on long. It does. Like, it do does. do like a few hits in yeah. in time to it, and it's like stylistic. But but instead, they like put in this little music video in the middle of the movie, and they even have this other shot looking past. Uh, Sean as Ed's talking to him I think yeah. and we don't we don't even see Al getting hit with it we just see Ed 
<laughs> hitting hitting the pool cue in time to the beach just do, 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 do. while he's talking he's like go get the thing and he's yeah. like it's hard in I think time it's like, a balancing act because like to get the rights to use that song was a lot of money and so if it's only going to be a 15 second gag it's not worth it but if it's a minute and a half that's not an excuse i agree yeah. i'm just saying that that's probably the justification it could have been the rationale there but yeah they should have gone sillier with it you should have seen someone actually like bopping their head well, yeah, like, maybe like a zombie air drumming, like, like yeah, yeah, zombie maybe. moving to the beat. Because I agree, it was kind of just like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. I do like when exactly David goes reaction. and he's breaking the fuses kind of to the music and like you get the zombies in the background. I think that's a good escalation of that scene into back into the life and death. Uh, and so I like that. If I but could, I, just, if, I think the whole scene goes on too If long. I could make Edgar Wright do one thing less like if i had the power <laughs> if i had some superpower or i could take away one thing out of his arsenal make him it would be writer. like it, it would be it would be like making him stop putting almost a whole song in a movie and have a bunch of things happening per in perfect time to the song like, i like it in baby okay, driver it's fun it yeah. works in baby it driver it works in baby driver a, in the intro it's a yeah, movie the intro, yeah it's a movie based or a music based movie yes. so like okay I, I i accept it in baby driver in the beginning yeah. And then it just keeps happening, and I'm like, That's all right, <laughs> we get it. Should have been a short film, that one. Um, <laughs> we have a whole episode on Baby Driver, though. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I want to go back to the ending, because you said that, uh, James, you said that you liked it, because of the kind of the metaphor of of like what uh, Sean's new life means mm -hmm. in terms of like, okay, he has... He he's got Liz now. They live together. They live together. It, it looks like they do. They're not struggling there anymore, and he still gets to have you know his video games or whatever. But I think that even from a metaphorical perspective, it's a little problematic just because, okay, he's got that aspect of his life, but it's out in the shed out back, and Liz has no part of it, and like it's not even that he has like his area in the house. It's like, and if he wants to hang out with his friend and play video games, he goes out in the shed. It's like still a repressed part of his psyche or something. Well, sure, but I mean, at some point, the theme has to, like, the rubber meets the road, where it's like he's not going to have a zombie, zombie in his house, in his living room. Oh, for sure. Well, <laughs> I, I would say just don't have the zombie because that's weird on but multiple you, but levels. But you couldn't have Ed die. Why not? No, no good. Dealing with death, <laughs> he's already dealt with death multiple times. There's I no just... time in the movie to like deal with well, but, the permanence of. But this death. is what's so weird. He deals with it. He he reconciles with his stepdad and then has to say goodbye to him. Even though like now he's like, oh, we could have been friends or whatever. He has to say goodbye and shoot his mom in the head after she turns into a zombie. And so it's like, why is he holding on well, to Ed? I don't like, think the movie is dealing with the permanence of death, though. I don't think in either of those scenes, like you get a sense of like this is the final morning. It's just like, well, he's. He's, it's more that he's growing up and dealing with like the emotional side of these relationships. Totally. I but don't I, think it's yeah. But I think that death. I think that from a like maturity perspective, it's weird to have him go through these experiences that makes him develop right, yeah. and then have this signifier that he's still holding on to his like slacker friend because he can play video games with him. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if they tested both and audiences liked this yeah. more. I, I, I wouldn't say, be surprised if it was just like, yeah, nobody liked it when Ed yeah, died. Yeah, yeah. I can see people watching the this ending and being like, oh, <laughs> yeah, he's still got the guy. And it's just another one of these moments in this movie where I'm kind of like, uh. <laughs> Fair I, enough. I think on another level, one other thing I wanted to say about the ending is the fact that um, Liz, one of the big reasons that Liz is upset with Sean is because she's like, I want to go do stuff, you know? We do the same thing all the time. We go to the same pub. We, we you know, talk to the same, we hang out with the same people. I want to, like, go travel. He's like, we've been to Greece. We met in Greece, you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, we see at the end, she, he's like, what's the plan then? And she's like, describes a day that is super, super normal, and they're just going to come back and watch television. And he's like, sounds good. And so it's like, on the one hand, you know, I... I I appreciate that because that's what my life is, more or less. You know, it's like I, I enjoy... And Lauren is very happy. <laughs> I enjoy, she is so happy. No, I enjoy I enjoy normalcy. I'm not like, you know, I, I, I don't like instability. I like, at the end of the day, I'm like, let me just go home and watch my shows and have some treats, mm -hmm. you know, have some chocolate. chocolate. But this is what you're saying, they're back to square one. But I'm like saying... From her perspective... For, yeah, for them, for their characters. And I think that Sean wanted to do that too, but I think he had so much fun goofing around and being a, a, a loser with Ed that... He those instincts that he had to go out and do something and lead and uh, make something of himself were uh, held back. I, you know, they they say that he's holding him back, and I think Ed definitely is holding Sean back in this movie. And so, from that perspective, they're back to square one. 
and uh, so, it's kind of so lame. you would just have preferred if she said like what we're doing this afternoon is going to our tango dancing class something <laughs> just something that Zombie they weren't tango. doing no before. I don't know I mean like I don't know what I would do or he's like wearing a suit like he has a new job or something or like or there or or some indicator that this experience has changed them and they are now fulfilling a part of themselves that they were uh, repressing before you know so it, it could be anything um, but th- what we see is them doing the exact same thing that the, I mean, they were saying. All you bad. really need to see is that she's happy. Because yeah, all the well, everything else is just fluff, right? I guess so. I don't know. But I hear what you're saying. Like, if you've set up in the movie that uh, yeah. this state of being is bad, according to the right. rules of this movie's universe, then you need to show us yeah. that opposite state later. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm saying uh, from, a pro- from a progression standpoint, it's, it's it been not dancing. as compelling to me to see these characters have this motivation and then not fulfill it. Either That's tango fine. or West Coast Swing or Salsa. <laughs> <laughs> they should have been dancing, damn it. Yeah. yeah, we're going to a place that doesn't do all the fish. It's hard, though. It's like the epilogue. You don't have that much time. And I'm, I'm glad yeah. that it's not very long. That wouldn't have taken more time, though. Like, Maybe. just to it's say. Just to like, say she's already outlining what their day is But it's is also like, like, so there's Tango in the zombie apocalypse? Well, <laughs> and that's the thing, too. It's like, it's a zombie apocalypse, so there's only so much that can be done. But the, it's that'd over, be, though. The, I mean, the infrastructure's happened, yeah, I guess, where yeah. they've, they've learned to manage the zombies. They've monetized the zombies. They're working at Target. I love that. I think that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could have a happy ending where, like... They took our jobs! <laughs> <laughs> Do we know what she does? Does she have a job? I don't, I don't know. know. She's just a <laughs> no. housewife? No. 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 She's not even a wife. Do you guys know that oh, uh, yeah. Chris Martin, the lead singer of Coldplay, is in two times oh, of yeah. this movie? <laughs> no, not Where? What? What's the second he's time? He's a zombie, and then he's... Oh, he's a zombie? The, yeah, he's the product at the end. I saw him in the cameo. I was like, was that, was that Coldplay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't, <laughs> I I didn't notice that. Yeah, he's one of the what zombies. What zombie is he? I don't know. But oh, like, yeah. what part? Do we see him as a non-zombie? No. Oh, okay. He's a zombie. And all the zombies in this movie... Well, we see him on the TV. Yeah, after. Yeah. All the zombies are were just fans of space that they like made a forum post and everyone was like, yeah, I want to be in this movie. Right. So it's all fans, which is cool. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. They, they had like a website sign up or whatever yeah. where they could like recruit them. Yeah. I yeah. was disappointed with the main characters pretending to be zombies. That's a great scene, but their, their like portrayal of zombies wasn't good enough. None, none of them are really <laughs> doing anything. None of them are really acting out or doing anything very funny. I, like they're all kind of just like, not acting like zombies. They're kind of just yeah. walking there with their arms kind of in front of them going, ooh. Mm. Like, some of them, should, one of them should have been doing something like totally out there and wacky. You're like, what? I do like the joke though when uh, it shows the first person, they're like, okay, do this, do that, do that. And then it pans to Sean's mom and she just has like this thousand mile stare. And they're like, that's great. And she's like, oh, sorry, I was miles away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, oops. Uh, yeah. And I liked like the little acting class that the, yeah. the friend gives. Like that was all very good. <sighs> funny that like ed is like that uh shit talking everyone and then he tries to do it and he just can't do it yeah and then sean yeah oh that was pretty good hey what's (laughs) what's up with that uh, like parallel universe gang that they run into led Mm. by that acquaintance i I was really wondering you love that i think it's so funny i don't know it has some significance it does have she's the uh, other main character in spaced Uh, so all of those all of those actors in the other in the mirror group or whatever they have worked together uh, often with the their counterparts in the other group. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like, as they walk past each other, you're seeing them uh, say like, hey, hey, what's up or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And to, I think to British audiences in particular, because most of the things that they're together in are British uh, media. So for them, it's probably like, oh, it's a cameo yeah. or whatever. I mean, the but, biggest one. But to me, I'm just like, why are we doing this? This is like the the mirror team from recess or whatever. <laughs> like, I mean, it's a it comedy. still works though. Yeah, it's a comedy. It's funny. I, I didn't think still, it was funny, yeah. but like, it was like, huh. Yeah, that's a laugh. It's a weak laugh. It's not laugh. a laugh. This is my whole thing. There's so many things in this movie where it's like, huh? What movie? I feel like there's no movie funny. that makes you laugh out loud the way that dude, you're saying that you wish you could. Dude, I laugh in movies. <laughs> I love comedy. What's a comedy? Monty that makes Python you laugh? probably would make me laugh the high, the hardest. It's, Faulty Towers, anything with John Cleese. No, I I will watch a comedy and I'll laugh out loud. I'm just saying that this movie, there's I I, I don't understand. There's a lot of really funny parts, and I did laugh out loud many, many times in the movie. I think it's a very funny movie. But you weren't like lolling. You were like no, I was laughing. But you were like <laughs> no, I'll throw my head back and laugh. In this movie, yeah. I thought you just said you didn't do that. No, no. no. The hell is going on here? <laughs> I'm saying there's a lot of moments that I think people think is like a really funny moment, mm. where I didn't think was a funny moment. But there are other moments where I'm like, that's a funny moment. I think the moments that people point out are usually clever moments, and like yeah. sometimes cleverness isn't funny. That's the thing. But I think that that's. 
that's where you and I fundamentally disagree is I appreciate that cleverness. And for you, it takes you out of it. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I, th- I think something being clever, it's it's like a dad joke level of clever. No, you know? it's not. No, it's so much it's, more clever uh, than a dad more, joke. It's more clever than a dad joke. But I, for it's me, it's kind of joke. like... It's <laughs> Sure. But the difference it's is like, like instead, of you, instead of you laughing out loud at that, like I found myself going, that's a good joke. Like just right. saying, yeah. like, right. it's like intellectually like, that's clever. See what you did there. Very good. But I'm not like just keeling over but, on but my that couch. that is so much a product of watching the movie with less people. Because like... Even the best comedies, when you're by yourself, you're like, huh. Like, That's I true. love Arrested Development, but if yeah. I watch it by myself, I'm not like, ah, there's always money in the banana stand. <laughs> yeah, if you watch stand-up comedy by no. in a, alone, yeah. y- you maybe will go, ha, ha. No, That's See, that's what's funny about Arrested Development. I watch Arrested Development by myself, and I will laugh, and I'll be like, that's funny. That's a good joke. But, you know? but, like, it's a banana, but Michael. What could it cost? But $10? You rewatch, though, I, I, I'm convinced that when you rewatch comedies that you've watched and you laugh out loud, it's half of it is your brain being like, I recognize that that was a sh- an experience I already had. My neural pathway fires, and then it's like, it tells me to laugh. Could it's be. not that you're like finding it funny. It's your brain yeah. being like, you laughed once, laugh again. I, I, that's entirely possible. And I uh, by that same argument, though, I would probably say that the reason that this film has uh, maintained its like cult status and like, uh, been so highly regarded over the years is because people saw it initially, thought it was funny, and then keep watching it and rewatching it, and they're like, oh, it's such a good movie. It's a total classic. Yeah. Oh, and I'm like, it's fine. Yeah. It's good. I don't love it. But I think that, again, this kind of comes down to the thing we've talked about, where it's like, our movie's better on... If a movie is better on rewatch, is that a bad thing, a good thing? Right. And I think it's it's debatable. We There is no conclusive answer, but... To me, all of Edgar Wright movies are way better the more you watch them because mm. there's so many more of those connections where like, oh, that joke that I understood on one level, there's three more levels to it. It's It works in so many different dimensions. And the more you watch it, the more like it becomes like goes from being cubed comedy to like yeah. tesseract comedy. I'm still thinking about that that uh, comment you made about my brain knows I laughed at this in the past, so it's going to make me laugh at it again. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I don't know if that applies to comedy because I know, especially if you get some distance from it, like... Wayne's World. I've seen Wayne's World in high school. I didn't see it until <laughs> high school, but I watched it a million times in high school. But I haven't seen it since, and I have a feeling if I put it on, I, I might just be like, yeah, this actually isn't that funny. I think it goes both <laughs> ways, though, where it's like stuff you watched 20 years ago might not yeah. stand up, but like stuff that like, I, I probably watched on it at least once a year, every year since it's come out. Yeah. So like, that's what, 15, 17 times. Right. Uh, and so like, my brain is now pa- like carved deep to laugh yeah. at everything in Shaun of the Dead. And so, like, even though there's no one else in the room, I'm like, oh, he, he mentioned the Winchester again. Ha ha. <laughs> like, I don't know. That's a terrible yeah. example. And it's not just movies. When people have routines that they engage in, you know, every day or every week or whatever, the doing the routine, just the act of doing the routine, even if the thing that you're doing isn't necessarily pleasurable, the fact that you're repeating actions that you're so familiar with and you're doing it because you like it... Um, uh, can give you pleasure. I think that's fair. Oh. Making a coffee every day. You yeah, know? a psychology degree or something? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, ooh, I'm going to enjoy this coffee. I can't wait. And yeah. so, like, actually making the coffee, I enjoy making it, even though it's work. I have a feeling Wayne's World actually is still good. It's okay. It's <laughs> I don't like it that much. But I, <laughs> Not never, sure, I never really liked it, so. Okay, look, to, to, to uh, you know, make peace with Edgar Wright and with this movie, I have some things that I thought were kind of cool. Hit picks. Hit picks. Give it to um, me. The place that does all the fish. When she's like, where are we going to go? And he's like, what about the place that does all the fish? She's like, okay, sure. And he looks it up in the phone book, and the phone place is literally called the place that does yeah. all the fish. <laughs> That's a good um, uh, We already talked about all the bit part characters being seen later as zombies. Ed, uh, when, when Sean is on the phone with Barbara, Ed yells into the receiver he's like we're coming to get you barbara <laughs> and that's a quote from night of the living dead uh, in 1968 it's like so many like it's 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 it would be i i found so many lines in this movie where that are references to other things oh, totally. i'm just like are is there a line of dialogue that is not a reference to something it's like hard to believe because there's so many um or a foreshadowing like next time i see him he's dead yeah, yeah. And then the next time he sees him, he's just, uh, that's about Ed talking about Pete. That was one of my hit God, picks. And then the next time he sees Pete, Pete is a zombie. Or like, it's it's not the end of the world, zombie hand hits <laughs> the window. <laughs> yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. Ed, uh, Ed hands Sean a beer once they finally get to the Winchester during the zombie bit. And, he, and he's like, oh, your boyfriend is whatever. And Ed's <laughs> like, like, it's a bit warm. so Or it might be a bit warm because the cooler's yeah. off. He's like, thanks, babe. <laughs> thanks, babe. Yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah. That was funny. And joke. that's a reference to Spaced. Yep. Because that's what something that those two char- their two characters would say to each other on Spaced. 
It's just everything. You know, the Winchester is also the gun that's used in, in Night of the Living Dead movies uh, from 1968 and 1990. Mm-hmm. The lift switch being revealed by the lighter, because, like, they, they're going to kill themselves because they think the lift doesn't work, and then the, like, has the lighter, and he reveals that there's an electronic switch. And they're like, oh, we can't escape. That's a reference to the Resident Evil games, apparently. Is it? Because you have your lighter... That's uh, there, there's a I haven't played any of those games, but I've apparently apparently there's a part in like one of the first games where you use your lighter. Remember that? I no, know. maybe I've, that was I played all of them, but maybe this particular that. IMDb poster was uh, was completely off. Made that one up. Maybe it's a Silent Hill. Is it Silent Hill or Resident Evil? They said Resident Evil, but I don't. I don't okay, anyways, I just wrote it down because I haven't played the game. I have a but. problem with that scene. They didn't look very hard for that uh, that <laughs> that button. It was right there. Well, they were a bit panicked. I don't know. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. That scene kind of redeemed it a little bit for me. Hmm. Because by the time they get down there, I think, as we were saying, the, the events in the bar are so tonally confused that I'm just, like, annoyed by the time we get there. And then they have this whole conversation about, like, um, okay, should I shoot myself and then shoot you? And even at that part, I was kind of like, all right, this is a bit annoying. Like, they're being so jovial about it. It's yeah, like, they're joking it's a, about yeah. it. But I, I do like that because it's like, that's probably how you would deal with it. You sure. Sure. Like, you have to manage talking yeah. about killing each other. And so, it is a comedy, somehow. so it's, like, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. But I think, again, in that scene, just like in the car scene with Philip, they spend enough time kind of, like, bringing down the tone to something serious, where by the time that Sean is saying goodbye to Ed, and Ed makes the, the sorry fart joke once more, I'm kind of like... I felt it. I felt that emotion. I felt I that fart it. emotionally. <laughs> I dealt it. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 dealt I smelt it. that fart with my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, everyone. Uh, oh, wait. I had a question. Let me have the last word. What is the Cornetto? What is that? He mentioned. Is oh, it a beer? Is it a snack? It's the ice cream. It's an ice cream. So okay. it, it's just there's not really that much that ties the, the, the three movies of the Cornetto trilogy together. It's really just Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright writing and then like taking a high concept idea. And, and Nick Frost is there. In he's all, them, he's right? in all of them, um, but he didn't write them. But it's just like it's more like a, a tonal thing where it's like a comedy plus something like comedy plus zombie comedy plus cop movies on right. comedy plus uh, alien invasion movie. Mm. Um, and then there's the actual Cornetto in each of the movies. Right. Uh, and so like they, they do flow together really well. Like if you can watch all three at once, they're not tied together because it's the same people play different characters. Mm. Um, but there's lots of references and stuff. And it's one of those things. It's like a boulder running down the hill. Like once you're on board with that boulder of comedy, whew, it gets picks up speed and you just can't stop loving it. <laughs> I can't go sideways. <laughs> go. Just like in Jurassic Park. All right, guys. Well, this is uh, the end of this episode. Thanks so much. Next week, we're going to do Event Horizon with Sarah. You can tweet at us if you want us to do more of this. Actually, no. Your tweets won't matter. It's how many views this gets. <laughs> yeah. If share it with you, all your friends. Yeah. If you if you want us to do the whole Cornetto trilogy, then you better share this. You yeah. better work. You, you better work for it. You better listen on YouTube and on Spotify <laughs> twice. Send it to your mom. <laughs> I know she loves these movies. You wouldn't kill me, would you? <laughs> uh, you can tweet us at Carpool Critics. You can send an email. Uh, carpool, no, hello at carpoolcritics.ca. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, you Hello. should send your your mom the, the 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 clip of the scene with just the 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 the, the thing. Fun. See you later. Subject line <laughs> makes me think of you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, love you. <laughs> <laughs>